When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Tennis Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, a late sub, Mr. Tony Anderson, and I am joined by Kilmarnock's finest. It's Mr. Craig Anderson. How are you doing? I'm grand. I'm grand, Craig. And our resident Rangers fan, it's Ewan, professional podcaster, Taylor. How are we, Ewan? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. felt like you were going to call me a sectarian slur there and you managed to stop yourself so well done i was i was borderline and then i thought <laughs> maybe maybe not maybe not on the main yeah. show oh uh, no, no. Let, you got to pay let, for let. that <laughs> <laughs> the main show but we have a lot to get stuck into but you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna blow our own trumpet straight away i was gonna do this at the end but i thought we've got a bloody live show coming out lads and i want to get this front and center <laughs> Uh, and it's a live yes. show I don't think we've quite done before. I think every single person's coming apart from from Amy. Is that right? Unfortunately, Amy's having to... I think she's going up to Inverness to work, isn't she? For, yes. For the, yeah, she's, the, she's an actual game. professional uh, that has to work <laughs> in football. Uh, and there is football. <laughs> that, 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 she call herself a professional podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, sadly, Amy can't make it. And, uh, and I think we, we'll... Craig will be there in the body, if not in spirit, because uh, spiritually you'll be in, in Inverness as well. Yeah, I imagine. I, 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 I was uh, annoyed that because I, I, I was, I think, being on a Saturday, I was planning to go up, but uh, I couldn't, mm. I couldn't really go. I'm working on the Friday, you know, which I couldn't really have got up in time. So mm. I will be, I will be participating, but I will be participating hopefully at the start before our game gets to to meet you, and then I will be, uh, I will be one eye on the show and one eye on uh, on Kilmarnock's uh, two 0 defeat. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you can pet. So if, if you see Craig Anderson moving into the crowd uh, after doing his segments <laughs> on the show with his phone, trying to watch the game, annoy him, stop him from, uh, stop him from doing that. But it's probably uh, doing for, me a favour <laughs> for our eagled-eared listeners. I mean, what do you say for that? You obviously get eagled eye. What do you say? Bat-eared for bat yeah. our bat-eared listeners. Mm. You'll notice that we're talking about the evening being when Inverness are playing Kilmarnock in the Scottish Cup, they'll know that that means the game is, the, the live show is going to be on the 10th of March. And this is it, this is it for us lads. We're going to be at bloody Hamden Park, at mm. Hamden, talking about football in front of a crowd for uh, a really great cause. It's for Children First, who I, I work closely with in my personal life, and I know uh, how great a lot of the work they do, and all the proceeds will, will be going to that. All the profit will be going to Children First, and we would absolutely love it if you come along. It's going to be twenty five pounds for the ticket, but that'll include a good couple hours of us all up on stage. We're going to have special guests who have been confirmed. I'm not allowed to say what they are though, but I know that they've been confirmed and they are ready. And it'll also be a pie and a pint. So I think that's all pretty reasonable. Uh, for this time, and as I said, you'll get to meet all your Terrace Podcast favourites if you're the kind of person who has favourites from, from our clan, something I'll never get used to when people say that to me in person, but we do, but we would love it if you could come along 
uh, and support children first. And I'm sure we'll all have a right good laugh. But talking of mm. a good laugh, Sunday, midday, Motherwell Football Club at home, defeating Heart of Midlothian Football Club quite easily and quite convincingly, 2-0. Mm. Uh, Craig Anderson, I am sure you watched it. Were you surprised or were you expecting a, a bit of a shock in this game? I didn't. I wasn't too surprised, to be honest. Uh, I, I think Hearts have still been struggling a bit away from home this season. Like, it, it's been... Last season was a bit of an anomaly because I think they did pretty well away from home last season. But they, they played... Um, it was very similar, in fact. They played us at Rugby Park in about October. And we went 2-0 up, but the difference was um, Motherwell didn't immediately shit the bed and concede a terrible goal like seconds after scoring. And mm. they managed to hold on. And, and yeah, Hearts, um, Hearts, we gave Hearts something to, to bite onto and that, and that got them back in the game. But they were equally as bad up until that point. Um, yesterday, uh, Hearts just didn't turn up maybe the first 15 minutes. They were they were probably just marginally the better team, but, but Motherwell just got into it and... This Hearts team, which is unusual for Hearts, just look like they struggle with a when it's kind of up and at them. Um, which is usually, you know, it's usually what they do to teams. They, they used, to, it used to be when you went to Tynecastle, it didn't matter if you were good, bad, or indifferent. They were going to do that to you. But that that was um, very much what Mullerow did, and, and I was hugely impressed with Mullerow. And it's uh, they did what other teams in the relegation battle. Two other teams in the relegation battle that we'll talk about couldn't do, which was sign a striker who's going to... Not a not a brilliant signing as such, but a striker who's going to be contributing all the time. You know, Bika I thought was fantastic in the game. Um, thought he made a big difference to Motherwell compared to when I've seen them before. And what he did was allow Van Veen to do what he's good at rather than spend his time fighting with the defenders. Abika was doing that and Van Veen was just picking up all that space and Hearts did not have a a single idea how to deal with them. There were some quite woeful individual performances on the hearts um, on the heart side of things, but to be honest, they were just just um outfought, to be honest, by by Motherwell. And um there'll be twists and turns again. Motherwell will lose a lot of games again, but that's two massive results in a week from a team that I don't think anyone could ever be called doomed in this relegation battle. But <laughs> they were the ones who were looking yeah. like they were on the slide because every other team down there had been picking up points, whereas Motherwell were just kind of consistently losing. But they've had their turn to win win a couple of games, and and it it gives them a massive chance. It makes them favourites not to go down again, but um, it doesn't certainly take them out of it. But they've got two big games coming up. They're at Rugby Park on on Saturday, um, and then uh, up in Dingwall. Obviously, if they if they won both of those, they would be all but safe. If they mm-hmm. even won one of them, they're they're looking very good. So it's it's a massive kind of couple of weeks coming up the, the impressive thing Ewan is because uh, they, they look like they might be about to make the same decision they made with Hamill <laughs> right right away with, with uh-huh. Kettlewell even though the, there, there is a, maybe a slight difference because the level of these wins is, is really impressive to, to beat St Mirren and Hearts too well, obviously Hearts <clears> being quite considered the third best team in the country and St Mirren obviously comfortably in the top six this season. Um, they, they're really, really impressive victories and they were both mm. really quite different. Yeah. I suppose the only caveat would be they're both at home. So we will see But that was bad how... for Motherwell before. Yeah, well, indeed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, but uh, I suppose we'll, we'll see how, how they go on at Rugby Park. Uh, I would suggest Kilmarnock will win that because it's at Rugby Park. Um, but, but we'll see. I don't think... There should be any rush to point Kettlewell. Uh, I mean, maybe I, I think I would probably give it to the weekend. And if they do get a result uh, at, at Rugby Park, you could maybe then say, okay, you know, give it Kettlewell till the end of the season type, type situation. I don't think there's any need to. I mean, he, he's a multiple employee anyway. Uh, just let it run till, till the end of the season. And then at least you've got. You, you can maybe make a you know, if it, all going well. You you, know, you can make a, a, a sort of long term managerial appointment when there's less pressure in the summer, rather than sort of. I mean, if you, the fact that Ian Holloway's even being interviewed for it suggests that they're scraping the barrel somewhat in terms of who's available to take it right now. It doesn't seem to be any. I mean, that it would seem madness to bring in someone like that 
when things are going relatively well under Kettlewell as it stands. So uh, I think let, let it ride. If Kettlewell loses the next two games, then maybe you do think you need to do something a bit weird, like a point, you know, an outside, <laughs> I, don't think, I mean, a point in Holloway, I think it would just be a, a stupid decision when it, whenever you did it, but you would do something. I love having two weeks, the two weeks of change of your, uh, your, yeah. your opinion on getting Holloway and it, it could hugely change. Exactly, yeah. That, we, we need to just do something weird here. Let's get a, an English weirdo <laughs> in to, uh, to be funny with the press. Uh, I, I think, uh, but that might, you know, they might need a jolt again. Um, they've obviously had a joke by by Hamill getting sacked. It was sort of seems a bit daft that they left it as long as they did with Hamill. But yeah, I I wouldn't be rushing to give Kettlewell you know the keys to to Fir Park right now. I just don't see the don't see the need. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it does, and, and yeah, it does, it, that, the paper talk, of course, but it does sound like he has been offered the job and, and I find mm. that a bit, I, I'm not really understanding what mm. is the rush. It doesn't even mm. look like Kettlewell's absolutely certain about wanting to, to take it. He seems that the vibe I'm getting is that he's quite happy to let it roll out a bit and, mm-hmm. and, and see what happens. He's he, like, Craig, I mean, did you see any, what, what huge changes did you, what changes did you think he made in that game that you watched there? What were the differences between sort of him and, him and Hamill? But I, I, it looked like attitude, to be honest, as much mm. as tactics. Like, I think, I think Kettlewell got the, I, I think he did all right in Ross County as manager. Yeah. But I think I think what you said with um it, it was nothing better than all right. And I think it was when he delved into the transfer window it maybe started to go a wee bit um a wee bit awry. And he obviously had that weird situation where he was with Ferguson at first and that was all mm. a bit odd. But I wonder if that's that you said about his reluctance. I wonder if the fact he obviously had a cushy job beforehand at Ross County as far as I'm aware and then obviously that's what happens so often. You get propelled into the big boy seat and then mm. You know, you, you, they don't just say, oh, "Okay, well, you're, you're you're done here. Let's go back to the old job." It's like you're out of work. Um, mm-hmm. I I quite like him. I feel like he comes across pretty well. I feel like he's he would be a good person. I imagine the players would like him. Mm-hmm. And so I think in the short term, probably just that. And not that not that I'm saying I'm sure the players liked Hamill as well because he he comes across the same. But Kettlewell probably is a bit more astute. He's he's had that managerial experience. He, he's he's obviously won the championship. He's not. You know, he's not done nothing in his career, even as a manager. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was just a lot of kind of wee tweaks. He obviously brought in some some different players, and I think I think Obika has made a big difference. I know he was playing a bit under Hamill to begin with as well, but he's just um, it allows them to lengthen the game a lot. He allows them to have someone who just constantly bothers defenders, and um, mm-hmm. whereas Van Veen does it in in bits and stuff when he feels like yeah it. yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's not even a, a real criticism of Van Veen that's just how he is there was a real theme of the game was both Van Veen and Obika taking turns and drifting out to Hart's right hand side and then them just playing long diagonals they got a lot of joy for that but I mean he's brought back Cornelius in uh, who, who put in a really a lot of work. You're talking about attitude. It was a it was a performance that was full of attitude. They've not like not tons of quality, but he looked like he was really difficult. He was in everyone's face, and then with Casey and and Butcher, they seem to have in in these two games anyway really helped show up. Butcher, like I was really had my doubts about putting him in mm-hmm. uh, in, in the back three. Not not because he's not a capable defender. It's just. His style's aggressive. I would always feel that he would be wanting to go and put fires out, and that's because that's what he's done his, his whole career. And 
he's shown he showed quite a lot of discipline playing in, in, in the in the middle of a back three and he showed a lot of leadership, which um I, I wasn't certain that that was going to be the case. And I think in case he's looked like a, a, a decent pickup and and Furlong over on the left had a decent game. So I mean overall that that was it was a, it was a really really impressive performance from Motherwell. But to move well, on, well, I, so oh, what I would suggest is it's been one very good performance, though, because I think they were probably quite lucky to beat St. Mirren. Like they <laughs> they they got they got a bit of the rub of the green. They played well. They played better than they had before. But I think it's it's this like immediate rush to do things off the back of well, a game against their Hearts team that didn't play particularly well, who haven't been playing particularly well for weeks, to be honest, mm-hmm. and. That and and yeah, fair enough. If they come in, if they come in, um, Thomas over next weekend, that's when I would say you start going right. Maybe as the guy, but I think they, they don't. They, mm-hmm. That that's the one caveat I'll put on he it. Buy, but, he can buy them time as well. They yeah. can he can take them away from relegation, and they can have a real think about who they want. It might even improve the caliber of manager that wants to come to Motherwell because they're not mm. going to be in a, they'll be like right, I'll come in I'll get to know these players and I can I can look into what I'm going to improve for next season knowing that I'm not going to manage and the, there's a chance I can manage a Scottish Championship and have a relegation against my name but we'll, we'll move on to Hearts mm. Ewan I mean mm. what what was what was the the most disappointing um, sections of the performance for you? Uh, it, well, it was just a whole big bag of nothing they just never they never really looked like scored at any point in no. the game. They just sort of let the game happen to them. Um, I mean, the the second goal was... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a goal like that before. That was that was a really odd goal where someone plays like a 1-2 with themselves off the post with like a backwards header. Um, but, you know, the, the defending from Hearts was horrendous. And, and I mean, That's 15 King's, seconds in the second yeah, half as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kingsley was off. If uh, if um, Spittle had somehow managed to you know, miss the chance, or it hadn't fallen right back to right back to him, um, so they're, they're possibly uh, a wee bit lucky in in that respect. Uh, yeah, defensively poor, middle of the park, nothing really happening. Made subs that didn't change the game, like cool again. Just seems to be he's a, a shite bag. movie. Yeah, sh- he's, he's, he's not, an eighteen-year-old shite bag. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't mean. Yeah, he, he, may, yeah. he may not always be a shite bag, but as yeah. it stands just now, he does not look like he wants to be involved in the game. He, he looks mm. like he, he looks like he maybe wants the ball, but he doesn't want the battle. You saw it because he came straight on the park and um, basically got bodied off the ball on the on the touchline minutes seconds after coming mm. on, and and he stayed down. And you thought he, it doesn't matter if you're. No, it's sounding like your dad, but it doesn't matter if you've had a wee bit of a knock there. You can't stay down when you've just come on the park and your team's uh, getting beat to now. Like that's yeah. not what people want to see. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, these things. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about your dad, but it's true. I mean, even I, I don't think that way. But see, during the ninety minutes, I fucking do. <laughs> like you yeah. know, I don't look back on it like that. But when yeah. I'm in the stadium. That well, stuff does it does irk you at the time, and you start mm. wanting people. You we all do revert to our, our tribalism when we're in there, and, and these things do matter, especially for a, a young player like that that's come in with maybe being heralded too much. I re- mm. I, as much as a Hibs fan who's quite happy to see how this is playing out can feel sorry for him. If you're like looking at him as a young footballer, there was far too much put on his shoulders. And if you're wondering, for a Patreon, we're going to be doing snap judgments on January signings. And I think you might be hearing this boy's name again <laughs> if you come over to Patreon, because I'm on it. Um, <laughs> yes. so, so if you're up for it for there but yeah and, and, and that's quite telling for the hearts I mean it just looked like, like they didn't have like Shankland got lost mm. out on the right he had he had one great chance Snodgrass wasn't able to get on the ball anywhere near as much like Cornelius really took that upon himself to, to sort of get in his face they, they seem to be getting a lot of touches on the ball like Snodgrass is getting on the ball but he wasn't able to have any sort of influence on the game the back three were all getting on the ball but none of them were able to to get involved in it and I thought Humphreys got completely swallowed up by the back mm. three which was unusual because this was a big game for Humphreys because his form's been really good recently mostly coming off the bench and this was an opportunity for him to really stake a claim as being like the main man going forward mm. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, just not, nothing really worked. I mean, I thought uh, Cochrane, who I'm a big fan of, he had a shocker of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> culminating in thinking he been was getting subbed when he wasn't, and uh, presumably that was just because he thought I'm having a shocker here, so I must be. It must be me coming <laughs> it off, must be but, me. <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, so uh, yeah, it was just. I mean, a very 
oddly sort of flat performance given obviously the Hearts had maybe haven't been playing fantastic in, in recent weeks but the they are still getting generally been getting decent results and and that was that was a real sort of shock to the system um, a, real, me. a real yeah and, and, and Billy Mackay's performance which I know has been a huge topic of discussion between Hearts fans but he was real bad had no mm. impact on the game whatsoever. He was he was losing the ball pretty much every time he got on it yeah. and he stayed on the pitch for large periods and I know that's starting to become a bugbear for Hearts fans and uh, and obviously now the knives <laughs> as always happens after one defeat the knives come out for Nielsen and it's yes. it's always it's the same it's just like it, it, maybe it's the same at every big club they're always ready to shoot themselves in the face it's, every it's, defeat means that someone has to get sacked it's not It's not just big clubs it's like a comp- I, I'm noticing it like with, with my own club as well there's a complete lack of um context Memory or perspective or, or like but it's like i've seen people going on about oh when are we ever going to win a game again like having won the week before and stuff like that and you're like right, i mean i know it wasn't a league game but you only have to go back another like week and a half for that like <laughs> don't like don't the, the heart's performance was woeful but hearts are, are, are hearts have not had this level of consistency pretty much in my lifetime of being this good for two consecutive seasons mm-hmm. and yeah you can probably say maybe they can do better but if Hearts finish third again and if they get that European money again for the first time in my life I feel like they have a manager and a structure off the park where there are flaws with it but they'll actually use it somewhat wisely mm-hmm. whereas like yeah you're not talking about and, and people get carried away like I, I think Nielsen's flawed I don't think he's the perfect manager but there's nothing there's nothing he's done this season where you'd be like oh you need to get that guy out because he's, he's clearly doing something well mm. but that had repercussions at both ends of the table and then that looks at the game that me and you were at Craig Hibbs uh, 2-0 victory against Kilmarnock is now sort of put a lot of fear into the Kilmarnock I'd, I'd say a lot of fear the Kilmarnock support after watching that game on Sunday and then sort of like the Hibs, the Hibs fans getting to maybe get some feel. The feels in their stomach that maybe everyone else is going to look stupid for once and everyone's slagging off Hibs, the recruitment, the manager. Maybe they'll all end up with egg on their face. What will they, Craig? Um, it's hard to tell because I was very impressed with Hibs on Saturday. Their energy, um, I mean... Killer, Killer, a bit of a slow team, and um, that, that's not really a surprise. So it was a bit of a mismatch in that respect. It's probably not the type of performance that Kelly wanted to play against because just Hibs, Hibs ran over the top of us. But Hibs broke so quickly; there was legs all over the pitch. I don't think this Kelly team could have levelled at them that they're not working hard, they're not trying, all the rest of it. They were just so slow compared to Hibs, yeah. like, and that's that's just because they're slow. It's not because they're they weren't, but it was like so sluggish in Hibs. The energy that likes a Campbell, you and does a lot of running, he would frustrate the life out of you. My <laughs> God, the man yeah, never, wild performance, he does not like. pass the ball. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I know he had that, the one that got cleared off the line where he somehow like managed to keep it and turn people inside out, but there was a sense of like pure luck to that. Like, I was, pure, I was yeah. laughing in the stands at um, a lot of what Yuan was doing over the... He's, 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 a, he's a real enigma. I mean, he's, every, the way, the style, everything about him, the way he treats social media after defeats and stuff like that he really is and then this idea that he doesn't pass but he's also like one of the top assists in, in the league he just, uh, he's, a, he's a player that is increasingly hard to pin down but, but uh, he, uh, he, he was uh, he was a real danger in, in the wide areas Hibs were strong as well and the fullbacks probably were the weakest part of the performance for Hibs but still mm-hmm. there weren't there weren't any flaws in, in there, and they're a bit more solid in the middle of the park now. But Campbell's the one that just stands out. I, I, I know that I think you and I, Tony, were probably the only two people still quite positive about him earlier in the season in terms mm-hmm. of not not because he's um, a particularly good footballer, because I don't think he is, but his energy levels are, are incredible, and he's got a very he's got a very adept skill of always been in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time when especially in an attacking sense and the amount of times he pinches wee balls and he gets into these positions to shoot. I, I think there's a player there and um, and I think if they can it's a rough diamond. I think if um if Johnson can he's probably got the right manager because Johnson's all about that high energy stuff and, mm-hmm. and Johnson I mean that's the type of player Johnson was himself. Like um, I, he only played briefly for us but he buzzed about and he was quite a quite a clever player and if he can just get a wee bit more 
um, refinement to his game. I don't know if that's possible. Then, then I do. I think he could play for Scotland. I think he's good. Well, there we go. Um, but that, I, I would. I, I think in terms of refinement, you saw possibly the most refined performance from Josh Campbell this season. He added. He had a lot more to his game than just his physicals and his mentality and, like you're saying, his ability to get in around. There was actually loads of chunks of quality in him. He was playing loads of little one-touch passes that were all coming off, balls around the corner. I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was like, he'd just been handed, he looked like a guy who'd just been handed a contract with the first time when he was being paid like a like a, a first-team Scottish Premiership football because he signed a four-year deal at Hibs Probably in, in what some people would say, quite desperate fashion for him, but by all accounts, he was getting paid buttons. Like, really, and offered a big four-year deal. He took that because he really wanted the opportunity to, to come through at a club like Hibs and not have to drop down the leagues. And it's really fucking paid off for him now. And Sean Maloney trying to bring him down to Wigan has been a masterstroke for him because he's now been able to renegotiate a contract that might not have been necessarily on the table without that because Hibs would probably be quite happy to be paying someone like in the hundreds of pounds a week, who's actually a first team player and scores quite a lot of goals. Um, mm. But I thought his performance was tremendous. Uh, and as I said, he's had other good performances this season, but this was the one that seemed the most rounded. And that was even without coming with a goal. Um, but, I think there's but, no. But caveat that against the midfield he was playing against. Uh, well, yeah, I was about to say <laughs> that there is, there is obviously, I, as I, I mean, I I'm, I'm, think I'm on record of saying what I think about this Kilmarnock team, especially compared to previous. <laughs> but you can see what, um, like, Jimmy Jago is another player. I, I, I find him hilarious because he is so good at, like, positional sense is good. He, he really steps in when Fish was driving with the ball and Fish was making these really, really good raking passes. And Jago cuts a lot out and he gets in people's faces. He, he's, a, he's the archetype defensive midfielder, but he, his technique is like obscenely bad, like obscenely bad at passing. Um, he keeps it simple, but even when he does, you see the ball, when he makes the seven-yard pass, it trundles along the... So like it never, ever, ever looks convincing. So, but he's been he's made a huge impact, Jago. There's no getting away from it. It's uh, I love players like that who are like we talked about you and as well who just are like like so good at some things and then like the rest yeah. of the the, the genuine like you would, like you would be yeah. in there. But um, I thought it was quite funny in terms of like the highlights and stuff. That I think if you watch the highlights, you would probably have almost got the impression it was a fairly even game. Like and, and it was not nothing could be further from the truth. Kelly mm. Kelly and fairness created and not insubstantial amount of chances in for a game that we were never in. Yeah, um, especially mm. after after the second goal, I was getting a bit touchy because I was shouting, because uh, I was like, Hibs kept on playing the way they were. And I was like, no, they absolutely take the sting out of this for five minutes. Don't let Kelly get their tails up. But Kelly could have scored a couple. Had a couple of opportunities right after that until, and then, in my opinion, VAR ruined the game. And I think you got that impression from everyone in the stadium. There were his fans, it, it his fans booing. Yeah, is that that, that actually happened? I saw someone say that on Twitter. Like, really? Yeah, it went like the game. The game was um, was that its most exciting in terms yeah, of yeah, was, during that yeah. period. Mm. Like, like don't get me don't get me wrong. Hibs were always winning that game. Like, mm. I, I had no doubt in my mind. There was no way we were we were getting anything out of that game. But it was at least and and it went flat because Hibs just started knocking the ball about as well, mm. and they, it just um, completely killed it. And, don't want to dwell on it too long. I I just don't think that's why VR exists. I can understand the argument why someone might say they think it's a red card, but no one in the stadium thought it was a red card. Cabrera is not looking for a red card. No. You could see the hips players when Vissel went off or can again we pat in the head and all the no. rest of it. His foot's high, but I thought the sports sports scene commentators did, did a good way, good job of describing it, which is that Vissel's trying to bring a ball out of the air. He doesn't see Cabrera, and Cabrera's the one who kind of appears quite brave. On the, Cabrera on the blind, was quite yeah, brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the on the blind side of him, and once Vassell sees him, he, he does pull out of the challenge. You can very noticeably see that. Now, there's an argument, but I think this is where VAR, the ref, that referee's not in the stadium, and he's not got the same sense of the game mm-hmm. that people, the referee who was five yards away and gave the decision, does. And that, that's the thing, I can understand that being an advantage sometimes. <clears throat> sometimes you want a referee who's like um, not, not caught up in be. the moment. Yeah. But there wasn't a moment to be caught up in in that game. Like there was no, no that like um, Cabrera and Armstrong were having a wee bit of, a wee bit of beef, um, but that was just kind of 
low level stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just, yeah, it just wasn't, to me, it wasn't a red card. I don't think the appeal will be successful, but it depends who's involved. But um, mm. yeah, it just, it just, it just was weird for me. But none, nonetheless, I don't want that to come across as like so. No, no, no. I, I totally agree. As I said, the game was that was the only the period of the game that it really went into. Vassell's fucking terrible, anyway. So I don't think uh, <laughs> like he is and not. Uh, a, yeah. He is not a player. No, nah, he's not. And um, just before mm. we move on, obviously for Hibs, that's them going five points behind in third. They go away to Livingston, which who've got a game in hand on Hibs, but that's now a massive game, even if you take away the context of third, just the context of fourth, uh, which is a, is, a, is a decent European place in that. Um, so that's a massive game going forward. Hibs are looking, like they've, they've clicked in, in various, like the way Craig's talking about the, the way that they're playing, there was a lot of fluidity in it. They've now got Nisbet and Kurajevic coming back, so they're going to have and then Ma- Matthew Hoppy came off the bench, somehow got man of the match in the stadium. That was a joke. Nah, but that was, he, yeah. he, he did, but he, he managed to get a goal, which is really big for, for his confidence coming at a new club. So they've got huge amounts of attacking options. They look like they've got the, the correct balance in midfield. It feels like the January transfers were all done sensibly after like ones that you're like, yeah, maybe Jimmy Jago isn't the best player, but right now that is the player that we need to come into that, into that team into that position. And Will Fish has really, really grown at the role with, with Porteous leaving. So you start to look at is it uh, I would be shocked if Hibs didn't finish in the in the top five now. Um and and hopefully once we get past these old firm games, if we're still in with a with a run before the before the split with those four games, hopefully we can be going at the split with Hibs maybe being even if they were still five points behind going into the split, there's something to be had there. But Hibs are playing hearts twice in the last six games. So if they can be in with a shout at that point, at least we could have a, a proper race for it to the end. I Fingers think crossed. I'm going on my fucking holidays. The, the last thing from, from a Kelly point of view, I was just talking about that, is like that midfield, it was a, it was a, Olsen and Lions is obviously not who you want to start. But at the same time, I, I saw people saying like, or how on earth could they possibly start those two and what? And it's like, well, well, no, they, they both played. <laughs> that was the midfield last week that won an away game for the first time in like. <laughs> so I could kind of think, right, well, maybe maybe that's like for that type of game, just to grit over that. It didn't work. And and I probably wouldn't have picked it myself, but I didn't mind it either. Um, yeah. And so I just feel it's like that. It's that like short memories. And, and, and yeah, I understand people being critical of the manager. I think he is not doing a very good job. But at the same time, I think the squad is so bad that I don't think anyone else would be doing a better job either. So yeah. it's like, what's the point? Just to, just mm. get to the end just of the season. Just try and get and through it. Just, just support. I, I, mean, I agree. You're at that point now where I think the fans, you just have to get behind it. You're in the dirt. You're in the dirt. It's never going to change for that. It's going to go to the oh. end of the season. You've got a poor team. And it's just try and all get together and see if you can make anything there's, happen. There's three winnable home games uh, plus Celtic, I think, before the split. Um, hopefully win at least two of those and there's a St Mirren away game which is on their like top six bottling day like game match day 33 <laughs> their traditional time honoured so get the flares out a, we know what's coming that's our biggest that's our biggest chance in a way win and I, I I personally think we will be finishing 10th um, and I'll take it but um, it, it's probably this Motherwell game at the weekend an absolutely huge one because that um, that's our biggest chance of a of a um, Overhauling someone in the next wee while and then mm. getting getting level with them and <clears throat> potentially the two hours end up a wee bit de- detached from the other two. But mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I did not enjoy the game. I will tell you that much. Twenty six <laughs> sure. twenty six pounds and my highlight was uh, was going to the the Mexican in the St James Centre for my lunch before the game. <laughs> Which one? What's yeah, that, that called? Tortilla. I've never seen. Oh it yeah, it was, top, nice. the... it was good. They had a vegan chili. It was good. The um, mm. the Vietnamese restaurant Kapow oh, yeah, in the St James Centre. Absolutely dynamite. I There's really in, like it. In there. One in the West End to Glasgow. It's very good. Ah, it's, yeah, really uh, impressed. We should really get impressed, a sponsorship with them. I wasn't <laughs> impressed with Mark. But I get to you in, so please uh, talk to me. I've kept you quiet there for 15 minutes, uh, um, so you can have the fun bit here. Dundee United 1, St Johnston 2. Take it away. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I think Joel said last week that the, the thing with Mark Bergetti is he's not even Dundee United's worst problem. But uh, he is though <laughs> absolutely is like, I mean Dundee United are not good they've got a manager who's way out of his depth and it's baffling that he's got the job uh, you know the defence is all over the place the midfield's powder puff 
they've only got one striker. They hardly have any, you know they don't have uh, any forward options. Their best wingers injured. Yes, they have all those issues. However, they have got the worst goalkeeper by in in the last ten years, maybe in, in the uh, Scottish Premiership. And Joe Pereira being the only one that wow, could maybe. But we see making him, mistakes as bad as that. He's even worse yeah. than like the the ones that took us down, like Colin Doyle. Like Colin <laughs> Doyle had had some good games. Yeah, yeah. Bergetti uh, hasn't. I mean, obviously there's the the, the second goal, um, which is hilarious. But the first one, for fuck's sake! I mean, that it's, <laughs> see, on the, not to get into the into the weeds of the XG, right? But as a chance before before me hits that. The chance is uh, the ones I've looked at uh, is point zero eight percent. Your chance that's a goal, so eight percent chance that 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 becomes a becomes a goal. Um, so not a good chance. After he hit it, where it, where it goes in the goal, <laughs> it actually goes down to five percent. Goes right <laughs> in the middle of the goal, <laughs> and it's not going that fast. And it's because Benegetti's just standing way over to the wrong side. He's not a good enough goalkeeper. To, you know, some goalkeepers that sort of you know, maybe their positioning isn't that great, but the reflexes are amazing. No, that's not the case with Mark Berrettini at all. So he, he, he really needs to be standing exactly where the shot is uh, going to hit him. <laughs> Otherwise, he's not saving it. And it just shows. It goes. It's just bizarre that he uh, the way he doesn't move his feet quick enough. He doesn't get into the middle of the goal, and it just and he does sort of more or less get there and then, but goes through. Uh, you know, then I mean the second goal. I mean, for fuck's sake, that is, that is so so pure, and it's not like he's come from. Yeah, I remember um, Morelos scored a goal up at Ross County. Uh, I think it was Scott Fox was in goals, and you and Morelos sort of snuck around the side of him, like he, mm-hmm. he hadn't seen him. And Fox that thinks he's got ages to kick the ball at the park. Doesn't see Morelos. Morelos nips around, tackles him, and, and scores. Stevie May's right in front of him. Stevie May is running full pelt right at him. What the, how much time did Bergetti think he had? Well, I, like, I, saw, I saw someone being critical of Mulgrew and I, and I couldn't quite understand because <laughs> Bergetti passes the ball to Mulgrew under pressure of two players. You see, yeah. as soon as he passes the ball, two of them converge on, on yeah. um, Mulgrew. So he's obviously just going to give you it back. Um, there was a, on, on the BBC, they said that Mulgrew has the talent to open his body up and he's not got his body shape right for that moment. There is maybe something fair in that, but sometimes you're, Mulgrew cannot be blamed no. for what happens there. Like, even if he could have possibly, and you, you begin predicting that he could have maybe carried the ball out and, and got a pass, but he would have to be taking a risk that he probably doesn't want to do. If his body shape's poor, you don't give him the ball either. Yeah. Uh, you can see the beauty for being the goalkeeper is you can see fucking everything <laughs> in but front of you. Yeah. And, he, and even and, you know, and even if he's not expecting the ball back from Mulgrew, he has plenty of time to just you know, just <laughs> push it out of the park. You've just equalised. Just do not concede a goal. He's still nowhere near kicking it by the time yeah. he gets tackled. He's, I know. Near, he's not even in the process of, of kicking it yet. <laughs> he's bad every single part of goalkeeping, though. The, the, the mistake's yeah. real that, yeah. someone, that someone put up. It's every type of mistake yeah. that you can get from a goalkeeper. Uh-huh. And he's now, with the Stevie May one there, he's hit the, the apex. He's finally completed yeah. the whole set. Uh, <laughs> and this is when he just breaks free. That's like, he never, he never. It's like he's got a bad spirit inside him, and now he's free. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. And then obviously, I mean, not to cast aspersions, uh, but he was at it by pretending to be injured. I mean, no <laughs> I chance. He was staying down in the hope that VAR somehow reeled that as like a foul, and he just decided to just you know, you know what, I'm just staying down. I'm just, I'm just going off here. It was everyone. I mean, everyone's saying uh, fair play to Stevie May and that. That he only fucking done it because of who it is. That yeah. is, that has worked against him there. If that's any other goalkeeper, yeah. he probably doesn't bother his arse. But he sees it's like, oh, I fuck back to him. Fucking hell, I'm getting my <laughs> skates right on now. Yeah, yep. And uh, it's just, I mean, the fact that not saying that there has to be. I think I said this last week. There has to be an unattached goalkeeper that is better than. Uh, Mark Bergetti available. Joel, the, yeah, <laughs> anybody, I'll, I'll do it. Um, you know, you just have to, you have to sign somebody. You cannot have him. I mean, he will, he will get them relegated. Like one hundred percent, he will get Dundee United relegated unless he's replaced. And the other guy, Newman, he played a oh, bit yeah. for Peterhead, was it? 
Yeah. Um, uh, he really had the comedy. Against Aberdeen, possibly. That was, uh, that was quite the introduction to the top flight from him when he uh, when he just chipped the ball straight into the uh, no man's <laughs> land straight to Susan Johnson players. Um, and he did he did at least make the save. Better get him probably let that in, but um, yeah. So, yeah. The players are so much end of their tether after that. You see the hands going up, and they're all like, "I'm sure they try and be sound to them in the dressing room <laughs> and at training that." But it must be like someone surely when you've got the personalities of like Fletcher, Jume, uh, Mulgrew, uh, like uh, Levitt. You know, there's some big personalities in there, and surely someone's finally fucking snapped. Imagine, imagine being like Charlie Mulgrew and you've spent like your career playing with like uh, Fraser Foster and Craig Gordon and all these guys like behind you, and then uh, and then you've got that. <laughs> you feel like you're bullying them, and you feel like you're really punching down. But like, it's just it's constantly United have entertained them for so long. <laughs> They've yeah. given it, they, they just take him out. They take that man out the firing line. He has to take himself out the firing line to finally get, to be given a rest and to be taken out of this scenario that he doesn't want to be in. Uh, yeah. Let that man get back to bloody Sydney and get his get his, get his feet up. I mean, it almost feels. Like pointless talking about any other part of the game. Yeah, St. <laughs> Johnston. I thought um, where I mean that's safe. That's safe. Mm. Um, fair play to them. Uh, disappoint. They disappointed me in the sense that they had their foot on uh, Dundee United's throat uh, once they scored, and as mm. St. St. Johnston recently fashioned, they didn't. They didn't capitalise, and they were lucky they didn't end up um, dropping points out of it. Um, it's just they just need to play that they're a better team when they, you actually see it when they when they do try and play with the handbrake off a wee bit they, they're actually all right like in, when they're in, not quite as rigid mm. as yeah um and 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 Stevie May like I mean he's had a very good season like finally kind of scoring some goals and, and all the rest of it and they've got players there that like this team is very much a when they play they they've they can damage teams like okay they they might struggle occasionally but it's just they, they just annoy me. Um, mm. Matthews has had a good season. I thought he was he was pretty badly at fault for that goal. To be honest, I thought his positioning wasn't good. Yeah, um, mm. you shouldn't you shouldn't let that in, in my opinion. Um, but they they won't care. That's him safe. Um, and the amount of iterations of St Johnston we've had, especially in midfield, it's mm. like I've seen so many different lineups in there. Uh, but they, I, I feel now when you look at it with the options of like Carey, I know Witherspoon's certainly not been in there. They've got Halberg, McPherson, um, obviously Phillips being like a, a who's been like a sort of really, really good sign. I know he was, um, he's he's been superb. And they've got Ali Crawford in there as well. They've got so many options in there now that they don't have to play in a rigid fashion they've got players they can make a balanced midfielder with that so there's no real excuse or reason which I felt there was for a period in the season with injuries that you understood why they played that way but that 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 that's all gone now they've they've actually got what is looks like a pretty now there are a lot of them are fit it's a mm. meaty squad with like balanced with lots of different styles of players so they don't have to play in the yon yon Davidson way no no just Clark and me together always looks good to me just do it (laughs) I give a bag on about that as well but it just it seems to work Uh, do it every game stop stop fucking about with that Um, stop trying to make Theo Bear a thing and Zach Rudden they're rubbish (laughs) play both of them Um, Uh, so yeah I mean yeah Stevie B's having a good uh, good season and you actually did you know for all Berget he was laughable at both you know he he took both his goals pretty well I would say me and that he well he kicked the first one um, it's a good target. volley, it is. it's yeah. controlled and it's, it's, it's pay, yeah. there's pace on yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, and then the second one, it was actually a cracking tackle, like it was right Aye. on the ball. Um, so, well, so fair play. What I would say with that first goal is, um, I don't know who's is it Liam Smith who's meant to be picking up, it's oh, the yeah. worst marking you'll ever see uh-huh. as well. <laughs> he looks at him and then thinks, no, that'll be fine, and then doesn't get any closer to him, just totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and you're thinking, do you think Asgar will? Well, bullet Liam Fox at any time, or nope. Jink, this is just Dundee United nope. right till the end. If he does, it won't be. A, they'll just be like Charlie Mulgrew. They're not. They're, I think. I think. I just, think we want that. I yeah. think they've just. Uh, I think they've just basically given up on doing anything and just hoping for the best. I think there's just. <laughs> a, I do. I do. I just get the vibe of Dundee United. Yeah. Of like nothing happening. 
like, disconnect like, between like see, every part of the see, club. See with Kelly, like we didn't sign any, or definitely didn't do the business we wanted to do. But McInnes had his interview, and he was very much like, you know, we tried to sign quite a lot of players on deadline day. They all fell through. The board said similar, like that's probably true. Um, for Dundee United, it didn't even really seem like they were trying to do very much. They just got rid of half their squad. Um, <laughs> we'll just go with one goalkeeper and one striker. It will probably be fine. We'll go, with the, we'll go with one goalkeeper who is like beyond the pale. Um, <laughs> but may, I mean, it might work for them because they, they wouldn't actually need to do very much to stay up anyway. But um, it's, yeah. it's 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 very odd the situation mm. there. Is what I will say. Right, let's move on. We've got you and Taylor here, so why don't we talk about the Rangers mm. and their three-nil victory at Livingston Football Club, and that's Livy now. I think being humped three-nil three times in a row off a very huge range of of, of, of styles of clubs mm. in Scotland. But uh, I mean, what was uh, what was the highlights of the performance from from your angle, you? Lovely free kick from Hall of Famer James Tavernier. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Would be the, uh, would be the pick of the goal certainly. Uh, yeah, it was just. I mean, it wasn't uh, an amazing performance, but it was pretty comfortable uh, over the piece. Uh, I didn't think there was. I mean, the the penalty. It's one of those where people describe it as soft, uh, and what they actually mean is stupid from the defender. Yeah, it I doesn't mean, normally, sometimes it doesn't get given. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't get given. It's really, really yeah. clearly a, a, uh-huh. a penalty. Yes. Yeah. It was a clear, clear penalty. Uh, I mean, what, what penalty is, is playing out there? I'm not entirely sure. Um, so, uh, I don't think there's any, any question that it should be given. That sort of, I suppose, is a good use of, of VAR when the referee just missed that because, and to be fair to him, why would he be looking at it? Because it wasn't really that close to the ball. Mm. Um, so I can understand the, the referee not seeing it. Um, so yeah, that you know, going ahead. Livy had a couple of decent job penalties actually. Just after doing that, missed a bit of a sitter. Uh, so he had a poor uh, sort of five minute spell there. Uh, and Stephen Kelly had a decent, or yeah, sort was, of decent chance on that. the volley as well. But uh, but other than that, I mean, I, I thought Livingston didn't really cause Rangers many problems. Game goes on and. About all me of of all the um of the the of the refereeing decisions, I think the red card was a little bit on the harsh side. Both bookings, I thought the first booking mm. was actually really was pretty harsh, and the second one, Omiyonga just sort of gets done a wee bit because uh, the ref sees him sort of steaming in. I think just sort of is happy to take the contact, and then uh, you know, and then that second yellow. So I thought that was a wee bit harsh, but then and then. Tav uh, steps up and, and puts the free kick in the top corner so uh, that's it's game over at that stage um, probably the best thing from a Rangers perspective was uh, Raskan his performance mm-hmm. he was man that's exactly what I was going to come to you like, yeah. it's, 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 can you describe to us who maybe not on the chance to see him like, what, what type of player is because from what I've seen he played quite, quite deep yeah um, and then but obviously I saw that the, you went with a midfield three which is slightly different than what he would normally go for because I don't think of Raskin as a defensive midfielder per se. Mm. So it was Raskin, Campbell and Kamara, which is a slight pivot away from what he would normally do in there. Yeah, yeah. So, Unintended, uh, by the way, that he normally plays a double pivot. Just, so, just to clarify everyone. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a bit of debate about where Raskin will end up. Playing, I mean, I, I think I that's the sort of role I think I, I long term I would like to see him. I would like to see him be the deepest midfielder because he moves the ball really quickly, and that's something that we've really struggled with. Uh, you know, basically since Stephen Davis was good, which is probably at least eighteen months ago now. Yeah, um, <laughs> that uh, we've not had someone able to do that, and and I think that's probably more important than. Um, then maybe his defensive attributes a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, it looks to me like his defensive attributes are actually really good. So he can he can he can play as a basically it's been described that he can play as a six or an eight. Um, but he doesn't score that many goals. I don't think he ever he'll ever be that kind of um that kind of attacking midfielder. Or he, he can be sort of adept in terms of setting up goals, and he's he's got good quick feet. Um, but yeah, he's just it he just seems like an all round good center mid. Really, I think he won the ball like eighteen times. Um, All right. On, uh, that, that'll on be really, really important. Looking at the um, the League Cup final, is mm. yes. because obviously Celtic do, and I, I don't mean this negative whatsoever. They they they, they commit men over mm. they commit, and they they also don't play with a, a sort of a defensive midfielder per se, and mm. and the fullbacks obviously come come inside all the time. So Rangers having a central midfielder who 
plays with his head up and is willing to play quick could really take advantage of, of mm. the holes. And I, like you're saying, is something that maybe Rangers have uh, lacked yeah. uh, um, since um, under maybe under Van Bronckhorst in general this this season. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a big weakness for for a while. The the centre of the park really, um, and guys like Lundstrom and, and Jack can be okay out of possession. I mean, they probably as a pair have had their best games in you know in, in the Euro, uh, Europa League run last season, but those. Uh, you know, we, we don't really have games like that too often domestically um, and uh, so we, we needed something else and uh, Raskin looks like um, looks like he, he could do that I mean he's, he's actually really good at second balls or getting on to second balls which I, I think is a really useful um, uh, skill in, in Scottish football yeah it is yeah. Yeah. because and it's, it's no um, it's, you know, it's not criticising the other teams in Scotland but when when they do try to attack uh, probably Rangers and Celtic, they do tend to go direct and they put the ball in place like mm-hmm. places that um, neither team sort of wants it, and uh, and the ball will go loose. And uh, and having a midfielder that can sort of snap into and into winning those balls is, is really useful. So yeah, decent performance all round. Bit concerned about Tillman not being injured. That would be uh, obviously not injured in the game, but missed the game and, and might be out of. Uh, next week which that would be a, mm. a big blow because he is our best player um so we will have to see if uh, if he's out hopefully it was a bit of precaution but we shall see um i mean this is beal beal seems to be getting into i'm not going to go into too much we're not going all day here but beal certainly seems to like playing mind games mm. um and, and yes. he certainly likes to be involved with the, with the media he certainly likes to manage through the media mm. um so he, he's he's gone for the the craig levine 101 of Claiming that he's got tons of players injured, yeah. I've got a feeling <laughs> that Mark Tillman's going to be a okay uh, <laughs> in, in in that game uh, next week. But we'll, we'll we'll finish that there. Let's go to the other side, hmm. the other side of the old firm for Celtic. Uh, they ran out four 0 winners. A bit of a procession, Craig, against Aberdeen, who sort of like uh, the way that their fans were talking for what I read. weren't they too happy with the fact that Robson so kind of just wrote it all off yeah, they, I don't think that's really unfair for Robson well, it's just like Celtic have not always they've, they've, they've had bad games at Celtic Park this season they've had occasions where they've, they've kind of stumbled past teams Ross County they, they only narrowly beat Dundee United they only narrowly beat who are much worse teams than Aberdeen so I think it's hard to tell because I always think it's it's a bit like well Aberdeen considered a goal after two minutes. Like <laughs> as soon as you do that, you're fucked. Like there's mm. no. I would like to look at it. I mean, if you're, no one else is going to know them, if I haven't looked them up, but the stats for when <laughs> conceding in like the first five minutes at Celtic Park, I cannot imagine many teams ever get anything after doing so. Um, so I always think it's like hard to then judge what Robson's game plan actually was from that point on. But they they, they weren't in the game. They didn't they didn't participate in the game. Yeah. The goalkeeper, that, that's bad goalkeeping for at least two goals, in my opinion. The first one, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was the third one. Um, he gave him Ajax, and I thought that meant he was amazing. Yeah, well, the way that they even gave him a contract and, and tweeted yeah. about him, but nonetheless, um, apparently that doesn't automatically qualify you as good. Um, but at, at the same time, it's like, it, I always just find these games hard to analyse. Like, oh, they conceded an early goal, it was a mistake. Um, it was a good finish from McGregor, like he took it nicely, got himself in the position, all the rest of it. And then from that point on, you're in that stick and twist situation in Celtic. If you even make half an attempt to score a goal, they're eventually going to pick you off in those <laughs> yeah. situations. And that's what we saw. And they've got this array of players because you see like Haksabanovic appearing. Forrest is even coming off the bench. Like, and I know he's, he's maybe not the player he was, but you just look at that. Kyogo was on the bench. Like, you just look at the depth that exists there. And yeah, it's like there, there's no... You need to, you you basically to be a beat Celtic. It's nothing to do with what you do, or it's ninety percent not to do with what you do. It's just if they they don't turn up, um, and they did turn up in this game, and that meant Aberdeen lost. And I mean, yeah, because we could just spend time. To, I mean, we could just spend another podcast talking about how good Rio Tati is, and I mean, he scored two lovely goals, and I think all round he's the most rounded and best player here. I think that's pretty much agreed upon the whole podcast, which is unusual, I think, for for us. But he's just amazing to watch. I just, yeah, and, and oh, I suppose it's got made his first start um, in the league 
and he looked um, he looked I think the analysis of him that sports scene done I thought was pretty good in terms of showing like what type he is and he did look like he was trying constantly to feel up the defender and to play in between the two of them um, mm. for the for the slide rule passes that Celtic play so it looked like his style of which isn't always the case with with Celtic strikers, sometimes you're again. Mm, I don't see how that's going to work, especially when the when Celtic and Rangers sign the pace merchants to go over the top. You're mm. always like, mm, I've got my doubts about them. They're pretty much always going to end up as wingers mm. <laughs> at Rangers and Celtic. But this one, the way his movement was, and the way he was wanting to play, looked like oh, would suit this Celtic team against the teams that he plays most mm. weeks. So there looks like there was some thought put into. In, into that signing I don't know you and is there anything you want to say I can't even be arsed talking about Aberdeen oh uh, yeah I mean I just uh, just another pathetic display from uh, from Aberdeen I guess 5-0 6-0 and 4-0 yeah I mean in, in, in the yeah. last batch of away games yeah I mean the, the, so their combined XG for the last two games against Celtic is 0.33 so at that rate they should score a goal against Celtic every six games Um, they did have a shot can they I mean that's, that's two games in a row without a shot on target they did on this occasion have a shot inside the box, at least, uh, which they didn't manage at Pataudry, uh in the last game. I mean, yeah, that that's I'm a bit perplexed by. I, mean, I think it maybe makes more sense actually now. To be fair, that but the the news about Dave Cormack's health issues, um, which are a shame. Now that that's come through, it maybe makes a bit more sense that Aberdeen haven't been a bit quicker on the, um, in terms of making an appointment because I, I I just I haven't seen anything from Robson to suggest. He's uh, going to be the guy, even in the medium term. Mm. So the, the top, the top six in, in Europe, so like therefore they could definitely yeah. finish like fourth or fifth. Um, mm. Still, um, third probably just be on them, but um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, and they just seem to be. And, 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 and to some extent, I, I think it's like the call between two stools because I, I sort of thought in the, in the January window, is there any point in bringing in really short term guys like Pollock? Uh, McDonald, the boy Markandy, I think they've got um, the winger from Blackburn who's not been really been seen yet. Uh, you're really short, even to some extent. Shinny will be, I think Shinny will um, probably end up staying longer term. But they made a lot of short term signings without a manager in place. I thought, well, what's the point in doing that if you're sort of writing this season off? Because you either you either you're either trying to get like short term results and trying to get you're trying to get into Europe and then that that you know, increases your chance of having a good season next year, or you're actually you're building towards the future now. Because I've got that that this boy Mislovich that they signed was meant to be good. He's not playing, and like Clarkson's is definitely not staying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clarkson's definitely not staying beyond the end of the season, and he's playing all the time. And then Robson's actually spoken about how he's he's a big part of what they want to do. What's what's the point in that? Your whole your defense is you know two of your back three, you know aren't going to be there you know, beyond the end of the season probably. It's just it seems a bit and your uh, Gorter as well probably won't, won't stay though. It doesn't look like that be a <laughs> much of a loss. Um, so yeah, it just seems a bit odd to me that they aren't they haven't because they, they had they had the week off because they got knocked out of the cup by sixth year Darvel. So they they had a, they had a break. And they could have, they had a fortnight where they could have made an appointment and you know, actually, you know, they could have had a decent amount of time on the trading pitch. And they've just, there was not even any, you know, any murmurings that they were anywhere close to making an appointment. If they could, if so, they could fucking load a manager, I'm sure they'd fucking do that yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, worrying times for, for Aberdeen that just keep, don't really seem to be dissipating regardless of what they do. Mm. Uh, St. Mirren have bounced back from def- their first home defeat from the opening day of the season to a resurgent Hibernian football club and they managed to go out 1-0 winners in a hard-fought win against Ross County where Curtis Main and Tony Watt started leading the line. Is that something you see working well, Craig Anderson? I mean, and you're a man who's, who's, who's I think, who's seen Tony Watt up close. Uh, well, yeah, I have. Um, not not playing for my own club, but I've, yeah, <laughs> not yet. the only ones he hasn't played for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, no, yeah, maybe be the only three clubs he hasn't played for. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think Tony Watt is a good fit for this Mirren squad, um, and uh, I don't think it will work. Ultimately, the two of them, um, I think, main main is exactly what Robinson wants and needs, and I think mm-hmm. we'll play some games. He'll he'll be. Not a terrible signing in the sense that, like, if they loaned out Brophy and bring in Watt, there's probably not they're not 
losing out on doing that. Um, in fact, it, it meant that they were playing against a team who couldn't pick their, their first-choice striker this week, which must be rare for St Mirren not to be able to play against someone, who, uh, not have someone play against them who's out on loan. Um, but they... Um, they played all right, and and they they definitely deserve to win the game, St Mirren. Um, but they must be a wee bit worried. I think that they should be. They're, they're clearly vastly better than Ross County, um, and yet it was ropier than it probably should have been. Um, that would be the concern for me. But they they played pretty well, um, well enough to win the game. Is probably how I would phrase it. And they had, I mean, that big stramash. They had they had several chances to extend the lead. Um, uh, yeah, they, they, I, I am starting to get a repeat of last season vibes off them that they're somehow going to finish seventh. But um, it would be a bit of a shame because I think like this is the first time in a season where I've thought St Mirren like are are genuinely a pretty good team. I think some of the other teams have kind of been battling and scraping and, and you know been getting results and you've thought yeah they're, they're doing all right this year they actually I've, I've been really impressed every time or most times I've seen them but to me the wheels are just coming off ever so slightly maybe that's a bit harsh considering they did win this game despite missing a few players but it feels like they've lost a wee bit of momentum um, in general and um, it'll be interesting to see for the rest of the season, but they they crucially got the got the win against uh, Ross County, which is um, is all that I'm bothered about. And um, <laughs> County County haven't been playing very well recently. Like they they got um, they got the wee boost from bringing in all the the all the two strikers, but that that was very short term. Um, and and they they got the boost against an abject Kilmarnock um, away from home. Um, so apart from that, they've not really been doing much. Um, I think they've still got a lot to worry about. Mm. Look yeah. at their fixtures here. I mean, they've got um, St Johnston, Celtic, Dundee United, Livingston, Hearts and Rangers. So it's a real, real mixed bag in there. And you would think that, like you're saying, if there's any slip-ups outside the three obvious ones there, you they might be in trouble, but who knows? Who knows if their team's good enough to, to take advantage in this middle pack? I mean, it's it's, it's it's always just impossible to to know. But you and I mean, let's let's finish on 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 Ross County. I mean, mm. how I, I, Craig touched on it there that they they probably they quietly were going about. They, they they brought in some new new blood up front, and they did they did pick up some points there. But that's quite a few. Are, are they are they just going to get? Is it, I feel like it's them or Kilmarnock now, and mm. I, I've got this feeling that Dundee United are kind of doomed just because there's too much, there's too many of the problems that you can have as a football team at Dundee United, yeah. you know, off, both on and off the park. So I'm kind of yeah. resigned to them. So I'm feeling like it's, it might be Ross County or Kilmarnock because Motherwell picking up six points in a week there just means that they probably need another couple of wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I, I thought that Ross County probably had the best transfer window of all the teams down the bottom of the, of the league but um, uh, Simon Murray obviously Brophy couldn't play at the weekend because uh, it was against St Mirren um, which meant Simon Murray started didn't really do anything uh, so yeah I thought it was a bit worrying that you know Malky McKay afterwards uh, you know we started slowly and, you know, and that's not like us it's like isn't it like you know, you, you are one of the worst teams in the league. You sort of acted as if he was like surprised that they played quite badly. It's like, well, you, you do that most weeks, mate. Um, I mean, the, the red card really. I mean, that, that was, what a laugh that was! Fucking hell! <laughs> Why is it FA not just given that? I mean, he's got the perfect view of it. Uh, that, <laughs> was, it. that was that uh, was wild again. Malky McKay was at the uh, at the side of the pitch saying, "What for?" As he went off, I was like. Yeah. <laughs> Probably for the two-footed the two, uh, lunch. I think. The two-footed rocket-like <laughs> attack on, on on the goalkeeper who's got the the ball comfortably in his arm. Yes, I think that's what it was for. Um, so I, I always like. I mean, I I like Edwards as a as a player. I just think he's he's quite. Um, he just looks like he'll make something happen and a team like Ross County probably need to just carry someone like that. But it does, I mean, that's the second red of the season. Um, so <laughs> playing wide. Yeah, exactly. Seems strange. Yeah, not that type of player, but uh, maybe he is actually. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, if, I suppose he, if he 
comes out is he if he's out of the team now because the, the shape's changed a wee bit and you know, it's like Danda playing behind two um, two strikers, then I I, I do wonder because I, I think he is probably more talented than Murray and uh, and Brophy, but. The, yeah. you start to you start to think as well like when they if they when they play the three five two it's mm-hmm. like the are the wing backs good enough cross of the ball to take advantage of the fact that your your main striker's attributes are Jordan White's mm-hmm. and you feel like you're maybe taking take, I don't know you're maybe taking that away I know that the idea is probably that they get Dand on the ball and he actually ends up being the one who plays maybe deep crosses. Mm-hmm. Um, from maybe around the edge of the box, and, and and I mean Danda does look like a like a player, and he's the eye. He's one of those players that the eye test and the stats test really does match up, and mm. and and he, and, and, he, and he is clearly you think in a better team he could have a he could have some really decent numbers in in, in Scottish football, but yeah, it's like I quite like the Latori. I think I, I do like watching Latori. I think he's a really handy player, and mm. and he's. And he's one of those players that I think really suits our league. And, and I know he's quite young. And uh, Noah Kenny, I know, has had some decent games from him. So the midfield, I, I see a balance. But at the same time, it's like with if they don't have wide players who deliver crosses, it's like the main crux of the team. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Even if the midfield dominates, they might not really get anything from it. I mm. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he's he's tried to change things, uh, you know, in in January and and the shape's changed a wee bit and they've not quite worked out how it how it all works yet, but they're obviously running out of games. So Yeah. They, they, they got are. lucky against Hibs with the with the woeful VAR decision and we'll just leave that there. <laughs> um, uh-huh. and just to, to remind everyone again, the the live show on the tenth of March, if you go on our Twitter, I imagine on our Facebook and stuff there, there'll be the links for the for the for the tickets on the site. As I say, twenty five pounds that gets you entry, a pint, a pie, and you're giving money to a wonderful Scottish children's charity. Um, so thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you there. Come over to the Patreon just now, and we are going to talk about uh, snap judgments on January signings. Craig Anderson, thank you very much. Thank you to all the listeners, and you and Taylor, thank you as well. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Craig. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.